Hello and happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. All right. We are talking about the tangibles. We um, have been in a series for a couple weeks now called Kingdom Currency, and this has been fun. It's been fun to explore all the different ways that um, that that things become tangible. And um, and then on Sunday, we're going to break into the intangibles, into the unseen realm, and I'm equally excited about that. But I want to look at this from a little bit different angle because I started thinking about the life of the prophets from the Old Testament and how their very lives became a tangible expression of the kingdom of God. And I'm wondering... In our desire for the tangibles, for the kingdom of heaven, are we people who would have said yes like they did? For example, you have Isaiah, who was asked to walk around naked and barefoot. Are you willing to walk around naked and barefoot? I know, it's kind of an extreme example. Then there's Ezekiel, who God told him, to lie naked on one side for half the year on top of poop and then to flip over for the other half of the year naked. His only consolation was, God, I will not lie upon human feces. (laughs) Again, an extreme example. But I think the most extreme example of someone living a a, a tangible expression of the kingdom of heaven is in the book of Hosea. I think as people who um, call themselves Christians or Christ followers, whatever your title is, whatever banner it is that you fall under, we tend, whether we want to or not, we tend to feast from that old tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we like to point fingers, declaring things right or wrong. We would never, as a church people today, we would never let it just slide that somebody was pursuing a prostitute. It's just the way it is. We are we are judgmental people. We would not first pause to say, could this possibly be God? We just wouldn't. And Hosea's life becomes a, a tangible expression of the unconditional love of God. And, 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 and really revealing the father's heart on what it is like to love someone who's wayward. He, he, Hosea is asked to go and marry a prostitute. And um, of course, you know, she, she agrees for a time, but she doesn't stop. It's not like it was a miracle cure. She marries a prophet and suddenly everything is hunky dory. It's not how it worked. It was actually brutal. And I'm wondering how often we come up against brutal scenarios and we dismiss them saying that that's not God. I think oftentimes God asks us to step in. He he trusts us to the degree that he allows a, a brutal scenario to overcome us because he is attempting to create a tangible sign for everyone around us. And that's what Hosea's life becomes. He chases after this woman 
time and time and time again. He has children with this woman. And it is the very expression of the heart of God through his life that continues to pursue her, even though she's rejecting him over and over and over again. And in this story, we find infidelity, right? And and this is like the one thing that that we um, give one another permission to to leave a marriage for is infidelity. Well, they cheated on you, so therefore you must leave. You know, we we don't even pause to be like, okay, God, what is it that you want in this scenario? And I'm not I'm not trying to just you know sweep past that. That's painful. But we would be the very people that would tell Hosea, this is wrong. This is not God. You know, it it reminds me a lot of the people that surrounded Job. Job sat with a council of friends for chapters. We don't really know the amount of time that went by, but we know how many chapters went by of them sitting there and leading Job further and further into his own demise until Jehu breaks in and is like, I'm the least among you. I'm the youngest. I carry the least amount of wisdom. However, you all are foolish. You know, I'm summarizing, obviously. But then we know that on the backside of that, God comes in with his own inquisition. Job, where were you? So in this scenario of Job's life, God is putting his full trust in him. We know at the beginning of the story that that Satan goes to God and is like, let me test him because I can get him to reject you. Now, Job doesn't like fully admit that he's rejecting God. However, he definitely puts God on the stand, right? And he's got God on trial. And, And I wonder how often do we do that unknowingly? God trusted Job to become a tangible expression and Job whined about it. I would have done the same thing. I have done the same thing. You know, Job loses everything, everything. He loses his home. He loses his children. He loses his wife. He he has boils all over his skin. He can't get any relief. God is allowing Satan to sift him, to prove that he is God's man. So I'm just wondering, how often is God attempting to use us, to use our lives as a tangible expression of the kingdom of heaven, and we are denying him because it's uncomfortable? We have to look at the tangibles from every angle. We can't just talk about the supernatural things. We would be amiss to stop short at, at looking at the, the, the signs, wonders, and miracles that we prefer, right? We love the healings. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen, I've seen healings. I, I've seen a man that should have died recover all in one day. And uh, I've seen a lot of things. That's awesome. But I think that one of the reasons we don't see these things more often is because we refuse to be a tangible expression of the kingdom of heaven from the inside out. How is God attempting to use your life as an expression? And maybe ask him, where have I turned my back on you? Because it was uncomfortable.
Now we can look at this on the flip side. We know that in Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit comes and he comes with tongues of fire and with wind. Like we're talking, I think so often we have like these um, Sunday school visions of what this was like. Like it's a, a breeze, maybe the curtains were blowing. No, like I, I really think that this probably could have outdone a, a tsunami wind, a um, tornado wind, wherever you are in the part of the world where wind comes up in damaging kind of ways. That's the kind of wind that I am really thinking probably came through this space and changed them. It actually forced the issue of them becoming a tangible expression of the kingdom of heaven. And we see on the backside of it, they stumble out of that upper room and Peter all of a sudden has a preaching anointing. And he is, I love, I love his, his, his sermon in, in the beginning of Acts. He, he goes on and on and he's pointing to history and he's pointing to Jesus. And he's like, just look, it's all there. And then you can follow the stories throughout Acts and see that they became a tangible expression of the kingdom of heaven. They had signs and wonders and miracles following them to the point where it started happening without any of their involvement. It doesn't take any exertion from me for my shadow to heal someone. That is a pure expression of the kingdom of heaven when we can walk by somebody and they get healed. Those are the kinds of miracles I want to see. Those effortless moments. But we have to look at what it is that the disciples endured to be able to house that level of power. Do you think that following Jesus around for three years was easy? These guys were under training like they had never been before. It was like zero to a hundred. Some of them were just fishermen, minding their own business out on the water with fish. And suddenly they're pulled into a life that they cannot comprehend. And it carved something out inside of them. They had to be put through trial and tribulation in order to house that level of power. And I'm just really wondering today, are we willing to partner with God on that level? to where we allow him to come in and do what it is that he's wanting to do in order for us to be able to carry what it is that he wants to pour out. But I know that there are things in our life that have to go, that keep us anchored in this world. We know what Paul said, be in it, but not of it. That doesn't mean that we reject the people around us because they're worldly. That's not what that scripture means. It means that you're existing in it, but you're ever right? We have become ambassadors of Christ. We have allowed him to come in and carve space out in us to host the power of the kingdom of heaven. Who's willing to allow God to do what he needs to do for us to be able to carry that kind of power? It's really all I have to say today. Nothing more. Just consider that. Consider that with Holy Spirit. Go 
and look up the scriptures where God turned people's lives upside down for his glory. God is really good at putting himself on display. Are you? Are you really good at putting God on display or do you fold under the pressure? We have to be people who are willing to stand. And when you've done all you can do to stand, you're going to stand, right? Scripture tells us that too. All right. Have a great rest of your Friday and a wonderful weekend. I bless you.